As uh, Stephen Luke mentioned, we're starting off uh, a new series called In Christ Alone. Um, and in this series, what we're going to be doing is looking at the book of Colossians, this short letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. And he wrote this letter with Timothy. Uh, Paul was in prison when they, when they wrote it. Wrote it, like I said, to the church in Colossae around AD 62. And what had, kind of what had happened was there was a man named Epaphras. And Epaphras was a leader in the Colossian church. And he had given this report to Paul. And this report had some good news and some, some not so good news. And so when Paul writes the letter to the Colossians, he rejoices and give God, gives God praise for the, the good things that are happening. And then he gives instruction about what to do and how to, how to kind of handle the bad news. And so today we're looking at kind of the first, uh, first portion and the first chapter of Colossians. And we get to look at the good news. And this is what it says, Colossians 1, 1 and 2. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And from our brother Timothy, we are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God, our Father, give you grace and peace. And one of the, one of the great things that you got to love about the Apostle Paul is how all the time he's emphasizing our identity in Christ. And he does this subtly and he does this directly. And, and it's kind of like Pastor Steve mentioned earlier. In this little greeting, you know, you can just kind of read through it real quick and brush it off. Yeah, this letter's from Paul. It's to the, to the church in Colossae. Let's get to the, let's get to the real deal. Um, but there's, there's stuff in this greeting that, that we don't want to pass over. And so in this opening statement, this opening greeting, Paul says that he's writing to the holy people in Colossae who are faithful, who are brothers and sisters, and they are in Christ. And, and what's important about that is, is Paul's saying, hey, this is who you are church. This is who you are. This is part of your identity in Christ. You're holy, which means that you're set apart. You're different. God has, has chosen you. You're, you're faithful. Okay, you're consistent. You're part of my family. You're brothers and sisters. You're part of, of God's family. And, and then you're in Christ. Not only do you, you're, yes, you're in Colossae. That's where you live. But you're also in Christ. Don't forget those things. And one of the reasons that identity is so important is because our, our thoughts affect our beliefs. And then what we believe determines how we act. And so we need to believe the truth about who God says we are, and we want to live that out. And God's word is truth. So we put God's word in our heads, and we put God's word in our hearts. And we, we think about it, and we ponder it, and we pray about it, and we let God's truth transform transform us. Paul's initial greetings includes a, a blessing, grace and peace to you from God our Father. And, and we remember that in this time, in the world that the, the Colossians were living, you know, they, they faced persecution. The world was very hostile towards Christians. And, you know, the Apostle Paul was writing from prison because of his belief in, in Jesus, he was put in prison. And so God's grace, his undeserved favor, and God's peace, his wholeness during this time were, were well received. Then Paul, 
he gets into it and he talks about the, the prayers. He says, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which came from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understand the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. And so this guy, Epaphras, the guy that gave the report to, to Paul, um, he had shared the good news with the Colossians. And, and the, the good news that we're talking about is the gospel. That's what Paul is referring to in this letter, the gospel. And this is another characteristic of Paul and his letters, is that he's always talking about Jesus and how Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. He's always talking about the gospel. And that's why at Cornerstone, um, we want to always be talking about the gospel too. And that's why all the time we go over the, the G-O-S-P-E-L. And, and we do it on Sunday mornings, but we also do it on Wednesday nights at youth group. And so I'm going to invite Gabe Olin. He's one of our interns. He's going to be a junior this year at Watertown High School. And he is going to share with us the G-O-S-P-E-L. So thank you, Gabe. All right. Hey, Cornerstone family. So I'm Gabe, and I'm here to talk about the good news of the gospel through the acronym G-O-S-P-E-L. So first off, we got G. God created us to be with him. In Genesis 1.27, it says, so God created human beings in his own image. And that means God set us apart from all the other creatures. He created us initially to live in harmony with him. But then comes O. Our sins separate us from God. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. God is so perfect, and because of sin, Paul says we are spiritually dead. So when we sinned, we couldn't be with him anymore because we fall short of his glorious mark. And S says that sins cannot be removed by good deeds, and good deeds don't make us spiritually alive again. Ephesians 2.9 says, Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Salvation, is, salvation isn't a scale of like good and evil because we, because we would all fall short if that was what it was. So at this point, we are separated from God and we are heading towards death. And it's a really bad news. But P, P is the hope. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Romans 3.24 says, Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. And because God still loves us so much, he sent his perfect son to take our sin. So we have the hope of being with him. And Jesus still rose again, proving that he's God. And then E means that everyone who trusts in Jesus alone will have eternal life. Romans 3.25 says, for God, presented the Jesus, for God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. And once God brings us back into a relationship, he brings eternal life if you trust in Jesus as your Messiah. And finally, L says that life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And since we are a new creation, 
we are no longer spiritually dead. It doesn't mean that life with him has to start when we die and go to heaven. When we actually see Jesus in heaven, that's when life doesn't start with him. Life can start right now with our relationship with God. And that is the gospel acronym. Thank you, Gabe. So the, the people of Colossae, they, they had put their faith in him alone, put their trust in him alone, and they had eternal life. So now they're, they're living out their faith in Jesus. And Paul, he's grateful for this. He gives God thanks for their faith in Jesus Christ and their love for people. A few weeks ago, uh, it was you know, basically when, when school got out, we, Jessica and I, sat down our four boys, and we had a family meeting, a family talk. And the purpose of the family talk was to clearly define for the boys the difference between chores and responsibilities. And we said, now, chores are specific tasks that, that each one of you have. You know, Eli, you do the dishwasher, make sure that's taken care of, dishes are put away. Caleb, you're old enough now, he really wants to mow the lawn. Zeke, you're the garbage man. And Jonah, you're the recycling, recycling man. And so those are your chores. Now, you might only have to do your chore once a week, maybe two times a week, three times a week if it's, if it's busy. So those are chores. Responsibilities are a little different. Responsibilities are tasks that need to be done more consistently. Picking up your room, putting your clothes away, taking dishes to the sink, cleaning up your toys, um, responsibilities are basically pick up after yourself. And so we want to teach the boys, you know, how to be hardworking, responsible humans. And as a family, we're in relationship with each other. And with that family relationship comes a responsibility you have to the family. The believers in Colossae had, had heard the good news, heard the gospel, and had entered into a relationship with Jesus. And so with that relationship comes responsibility. Part of, part of our responsibility um, as we have relationship with Jesus is, is to love. Matthew 22, Jesus says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the responsibility, loving God, loving people. The Colossians... We're doing this very well. And Paul is, is thankful for that. He's, and he says, you know, the, the, reason, the reason for this love was hope. Hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. The hope of the believer is that God's way is the best way. And that God's way is, is the way that there's only, that there's real peace and, and real joy. And a, and a true and lasting reward, they're only found in him. And we've said this many times, that cornerstone we believe that, that Jesus changes everything. But why, why do we say that? Is, just, is that just a catchy slogan? Um, why do we say it? Why do we believe it? How, how does it work? How does Jesus change everything? Well, the message of Jesus is, is the gospel message. It's the message that says, Jesus is our hope. He, he is love personified. He, he forgives. He restores he heals. He gives new life. He makes us into a new person. And so when we think about this idea of, of relationship and responsibility, 
Another way of saying it is just invitation and challenge, where Jesus is always inviting us into a deeper relationship with him and challenging us to change to become more like him. The Apostle Paul, he, he was a gospel-preaching, gospel-sharing machine. Everywhere he went, he shared the message of Jesus. He went around planting churches. He went around telling people about Jesus. While he's in prison, he's telling people about Jesus. And he's encouraging the Colossians and telling them that the gospel, the good news that you heard from Epaphras, it's going out. It's going out all over the world. And it's bearing fruit and it's changing lives. Those who have heard it and responded to the gospel, they have an obligation to to share it. Jesus needs us to be his hands and feet and, and voices who will tell others about his message, tell others about the good news, the gospel. And so loving people, sharing the gospel message of Jesus, those are some of the, the responsibilities we have because we're part of God's family. And when we, when we talk about all of this, loving people, sharing the gospel, um, it's, it's, it's a nice thing to say. It's like we're in church, right? We're supposed to say that. We're supposed to talk about that. It's a, it's a great concept. But how, how do I do that on a, on a day-to-day level? How do I love the person who's constantly ridiculing me and tearing me down? How do I forgive, forgive those who have caused me so much hurt and, and trauma? How do, I, how do I share the gospel when I feel like I don't know anything about the Bible? How do I have patience with the person who Hey, they're, they're a great person, but they just drive me crazy. We can't, we can't do it on our own. Um, we cannot live how God wants us to live just by trying harder. Today, I'm really going to try to be patient. Um, we might be able to do that for a little bit, but eventually we get, we get frustrated and give up and probably freak out on people. Um, we will only be able to live how, how God wants us to live when we de- depend on him. And trust him to help us. And, and Paul, when, he, when he's writing us this letter, he gives us insight because the, the people of Colossae were doing this. And he, and he tells us how, how it works. He says this, Epaphras, he has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. The Holy Spirit empowers and enables us to live how God wants us to live. The Holy Spirit helps us to love and forgive and be gracious, and be patient, and be kind. We cannot do it by ourselves. We have to depend, and lean, and trust in the Holy Spirit. Paul continues his letter. He says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So Paul is, is praying for the Colossians. He's saying, he's saying this is the prayer that I'm, I'm praying for you. And it's a great prayer because he's praying that they would know God's will and then have the power to do God's will. Just, just like when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying for thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not, not my will be done, God's will be done. We want God's will. And when we seek God, he reveals his will to us um, so that we can know it. But once we know God's will, that's just kind of part of it. Then we have to do God's will. So um, it's kind of like my family, we're, we're remodeling a house. And I know 
they, I got to do plumbing, I got to do electrical, there's drywall, there's paint, there's all these things involved in remodeling a house. I know that. But just knowing that doesn't get any of that stuff done, unfortunately. Um, so I have, we have to do these things or find somebody um, that can do these things so that our, our remodel can be complete. And so when Paul, he's praying for spiritual wisdom and understanding, what he's praying is that the, that the people can understand the great truths of Christianity. They can understand God's will and be able to apply them to their life, into the everyday situations that they face in life. Then, when you know God's will and, and you're living that out, you're honoring and pleasing God. You're doing, you're doing what he wants. You're producing fruit and, and growing and Paul talks about knowing God better and better. And you, you think about the close, strong relationships that you have in your life, whether that's, whether that's your spouse, whether that's a close friend. Um, you, you know that person. You know all about them. You know what they like. You know what they don't like. You know their preferences. You know what, what brings them joy. Um, you know how they love and how they feel love. You've spent time with them. You've talked with them. You've listened to them and confided in them. Um, they know your strengths and weaknesses. You know their strengths and weaknesses. They've seen you at your lowest moments. All these, all these things. You just enjoy being, being with this person, being together. And whether that's on some great vacation and trip or whether that's just sitting over coffee, you know them and they know you. And, and Paul is talking about knowing God. And this idea like we're able to know God. God wants us to know Him. And so, just like with our, our spouse or our, our, our good friend, we get to know God by, by spending time together, by being together, by talking and listening to each other. And, and, and what we'd say, you know, with, with God, that's, I'm in Scripture. I'm reading the Bible so that He can talk to me and, and, and I'm listening to Him, letting God, I'm, I'm quiet and still letting God's voice uh, speak to me. And, and we can make this uh, part of our, our, just a daily prayer where we're saying, God, I, I want to know you. You're able to be known. You want me to know you. Help me to know you well. Help me to know you better and better each and every day. Help me to know you better today than I did yesterday. Um, we, we can make that our, our prayer and our cry. The Apostle Paul um, Continues on, he says, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you'll have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And so when, when Paul prays, he's praying for endurance and patience. And you think, well, aren't those the same thing? And, and what he's asking is for God to give the Colossian believers an ability to deal with any situation in a, in a way that honors God and a spirit that, that never loses patience with belief in or hope for people. That's the, those, the ideas of endurance and patience. And then he prays for joy. That, that you can have joy in any circumstance. And, and you think about how they, they're living in a time where they pay, face persecution and, and other difficulties. 
but they can have joy because they know that God is, is faithful and that they have victory. E- even in death, they have victory. They have an inheritance waiting for them. And, and Paul, he concludes this, this portion of Scripture by once again r- reminding the people who they are in Christ and talking about the, the work of Jesus, how you've been rescued. You've been transferred to the kingdom of Jesus. And, and the people, they understood this, this right away. Because back, back in their time, uh, you know, a, a conquering nation would bring the, the, the people from the defeated nation with them back to their homeland, back to the conqueror's land. And so what Paul's saying is, hey, Jesus has, has brought us over to his kingdom. And he, he's transferred us from his kingdom, from a, from a kingdom of darkness to light, from slavery to freedom, from condemnation to forgiveness, from the power of Satan to the power of God. That's why we're thankful. That's why we can have joy. And, and this idea of, of being transferred into God's kingdom and, you know, the, the gospel message where I'm, I'm putting my trust in him alone, that's something that if you haven't done that, if you haven't taken that step, you need to do that. And you need to think about what are the obstacles or the barriers that are preventing me from, from taking that step. And we would, we would love to talk to you about that, um, help you try to answer any questions. And, and, and if you want to talk or have questions, find, find one of the pastoral staff. For our next steps uh, this morning, the first one, Determine what voices are influencing your identity. Determine what voices are influencing your identity. And you think about, there's a, there's a lot of different voices that we listen to throughout the day. Family members, friends, teammates, coworkers, neighbors, social media, news outlets, music, the music we listen to, the podcasts we listen to. These are all different types of voices. And all these voices are sending a message. And so... Is that message that they're sending, is it, is it discouraging? Is it negative? Is it something that, that would not align with God's truth? Or is it building me up and encouraging me and, and, and helping me to discover and live out my identity in Christ? We need to be listening to the voices that, that build us up and that echo God's truth. And so when you determine what voices you're listening to, get rid of the bad and, and focus on the good. And then next step would just be to begin to pray for and share the gospel with those in your circle of influence. We all have a circle of influence and each one of our circles is unique. God has placed you where you're at. He's placed you around the people that you're around for a reason. So who are the people in in your circle? Who are the people in my circle that, that need Jesus? And so part of this step would just be writing down their names and begin to pray for them. And look for opportunities. When we talk about the good works that God has prepared for us in advance to do, how you know, life starts now and lasts forever, this is what we're talking about. Where God's going to open up opportunities. And he's going to have these things planned out for us. And we want to we take that step and take advantage of these opportunities um, to have spiritual conversations and to share the gospel with people. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. 
just thank you for Paul and his letter to the Colossians and how we can, uh, Lord, Lord it's, it's to the Colossians, but it's to Cornerstone too, to the church at Cornerstone, to the church in Watertown. Lord, I pray that um, we could just take your words, these words, and apply them to our life. Um, Lord, you just help us to depend on your Holy Spirit, uh, not on our, <coughs> our strength, our ability. Lord, just help us to depend on you, to love other people, um, Lord, just to, to share your message with other people, to influence other people. Lord, just help us to know you each and every day in a deeper way. Um, just strengthen that relationship that we have with you. Lord, and if there's those that, that haven't made that decision to trust you, Lord, just give them courage and boldness and just help them to break through those barriers and obstacles or that they can, they can have um, life in you. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. Um, pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.